Hey, this is Nick Bogaz with Caliente Pizza and Draft House. And if you really want to learn how to level up your life, you should be listening to the Time to Shine Today podcast with my friend, Scott Ferguson. Hey, hey, time to shine today. Varsity Squad, it's Scott Ferguson. And I have the pleasure to bring to you an interview I did with my good buddy, Nick Bogatz. He is the founder of Caliente Pizza and Draft House. It's up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I know it's uh, it's kind of crazy that you would think somebody is going to interview a pizza guy. But I'll tell you what, his story is inspiring. His story will move you. He had the doldrums and fought demons in his life. He has a solid, solid family support uh, that got him through. Um, he's going to give you some serious knowledge nuggets about getting unstuck or if you're fighting your own demons. He's going to give you knowledge nuggets of setting huge goals and always leveling up. So without further ado, here's my interview with my friend, Nick Bogatz. Hey, hey, Time to Shine podcast squad. It's Scott Ferguson, and I got a friend of mine from up north in Pittsburgh that makes the best pies in town, and I cannot wait to introduce you to Nick Bogaz. Uh, did you know that Americans consume an average of 350 pizza slices every second, with 3 billion pizzas sold in the U.S. every year? Well, our president and founder of Caliente Pizza and Draft House, Nick Bogaz, he's also the host of the Business Equation podcast, author of the best of the pizza equation, sorry, the author of the pizza equation, member of the World Pizza Champions team, keynote speaker and extreme team builder. Wow, that's some serious, serious credentials. So Nick, I'm going to bring you on here and introduce yourself to the Time to Shine podcast squad and also tell us your favorite color and why. Thanks, Scott. I'm glad to be here. Um, I have to say my favorite color is green because it means go. <laughs> go, go, go. I love it. I love it. And so tell us a little bit about your origins. I mean, you're a pretty big hitter up there in Pittsburgh. You, you just told me you kind of compete with Permonte brothers. Um, tell us your origins of getting started as a, as a young tyke and working your way up through the, we'll call it the pizza business, if you will. Sure. Absolutely. So I started off when I was 17, I was uh, washing cars and my buddy was delivering pizzas and he said, Hey, I'm making, making way more tips than you. So I said, okay, um, I've got to try this pizza delivery thing. And I just fell in love with the team atmosphere of it. But my uh, first Friday on the job, I wrecked my car and uh, thought that might be short-lived, but my mother let me borrow her car and I started delivering again. And then about three months later, I wrecked another car and, uh, you know, being a young 17-year-old kid. And I said, I just love the pizza business because always being a uh, sports fan and active in sports and I have two younger brothers and I was always the skinny kid, which amounts to one thing and that's coach. So I was always the coach of their uh, sports teams and they were fairly good and always active. So I was learning a lot of young uh, leadership values at, at an early age. I didn't even realize it, uh, coaching their floor hockey teams and uh, baseball teams and stuff like that. And then falling in love with the team atmosphere of the pizza business and then working my way up to a manager. And then you fast forward to about um, 20 when I was 20 years old and I found out um, I was going to have a, a kid and uh, my wife and I, we, we, at that time, my girlfriend and I, we got married and um, I decided if I'm going to do pizza full time, I've got to 
move up to management jobs. So I left the place I was at for four years and got a, uh, a general manager's position and um, cut my teeth there for a while. And then um, found out about at 22, we're going to have another kid. So I was like, busy, all right, I gotta, <laughs> yeah, right. And I, you know, just a, a young kid, you, you know what I mean? Just like uh, growing up. And that's was a lot of it. And at the same time, you know, I didn't go to college. Um, I became a shift leader at I think like maybe 18. So I kept saying, well, I don't, what do I need to go to this college thing for? I'm a manager at 18. I've got, you know, I, I know everything. And uh, man, that, that really was the start of the, the pizza business. And then I worked my way all through, um, the big guys, the the Papa John's, the Domino's. I I um found out early on when I had the two kids that um we were at this Papa John's in Pittsburgh. There was only four in Pittsburgh, and there was um ten in Ohio, and it was part of a franchise group. And we would drive out to Ohio once a month for this meeting. And every time you go to the meeting, the the four Pittsburgh guys would drive out in a car together. We'd get there, and they'd say, "Hey, Art Youngstown's up ten percent. Clap for Art." The next time they'd say, "Um, Joe from." Ashtabul is up 15% clap for him. And then this would go on every single meeting. That's what our meetings were like. And what happened was one of these meetings were driving up the guys who are all older than me. And uh, they said to me, they said, Hey, um, the supervisor's talking about firing you because your oven's dirty. Your walls are, uh, are dirty. And I'm thinking, man, I'm working like 90 hours a week. I've got two kids at home. This job means everything to me. That's when I had an epiphany that sales fixes everything. So I read the uh, Guerrilla Marketing book by Jay Levinson. I can't say that anything in particular stuck out to me, but the mentality did. So we go to the next meeting and they say, hey, Nick in Pittsburgh's up 10%, clap for Nick. The next meeting, Nick's up 20%, clap for Nick. The next meeting, Nick's up 45%. Nick, tell everybody what the hell you're doing. And really what it was is I went to the school board and I talked the school board into having school lunches. I talked to the... uh, PTA for the football games and got in the concession stand selling pizzas, got into the basketball stadium selling pizzas, and really just was selling. Um, the strategy was, is where can I sell the most pizzas at once? And that's what I was going after. So after that got built up, Domino's took notice of me, and I said, look, I don't want to go anywhere. I've got um, all these record weeks and everything. And Domino's was pretty persistent. They gave me a business card. The business card burned a hole in my pocket. And for the next five years, I worked for Domino's. And uh, they they moved me out to Wilkes-Barre, which uh, Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh's on the east side or on the west side of, of the state. And Wilkes-Barre is on the uh, northeast side, which is about five hours away. It might as well be another state. And I cut my teeth out there. And I uh, was there till I was about 27. We were there for a year. And I like to say in the beginning, um, I would say that we, we got homesick and that's why we moved back. But the real truth of it was, is um, at that point I had a real bad drug and alcohol addiction. And um, my, my wife moved back home, um, took our two kids, you know, and I was left there with, uh, I quit the job because I was moving back home. And I said, all right, so I've got no job, no kids, no wife, no car, because she took the one car we had and I didn't even have a cell phone. And, um, you know, I just, it was one of those moments I had that it was like, I've got to change everything. And, um, you know, over the next few months, I moved back, I um, got counseling, found the right room, and I could say in October will be 15 years clean and sober. Congratulations, Nick. Thank you. So, so then I um, got a lot of pressures once I moved back and trying to, you know, fix up my relationship with my wife, and we're going to celebrate 20 years here in July. Excellent. And, um, you know, so everything worked out perfect, but it was uh, one of those things where everybody when you work in a pizza business or in the restaurant business, a lot of times you get dogged with, you don't have a real job. 
And um, that's definitely what I was getting dogged with right then. And I always was that guy who worked 80, 90 hours a week, and that was a lot of it. And um, when I came back, I went for a gig selling uh, radio advertising. And, you know, I had a great question that I love for interviews. And, and it's when they ask you, do you have any more questions left? I love to ask, uh, yes, is there any reason you wouldn't hire me? I think that's a, a great question. Sure. And she, she said, well, yeah, you're in the pizza business and we don't know why we would hire you to sell radio. And then I started telling her about all the um, school board meetings I went to and how I sold pizzas for school lunches. And she's like, oh, if you can sell pizza like that, sure, you can sell radio. For, so for the next six months, I sold radio and I just hated it. I, I hated the uh, anybody that can do cold calling. Um, I bless them up. I just can't do it. And I, I said, you know what? Um, I want to get back into pizzas. And I started delivering at a, a buddy of mine. I went full circle, started delivering. And then he had two shops. So I started delivering at two shops. Then I was delivering at a third shop. Um, this is probably 2007 to 2009, 10-ish. And so I'm working about 70, 80 hours a week delivering pizzas. Um, made enough to to buy a house for 170,000 just from delivering pizzas Love and, uh, you know, just, just working. And then, um, then I was getting a lot more pressures about getting that real job again. And I took the mailman, uh, post office test and I passed and I became a mailman. And this is like <laughs> about 2009 right. and I kept my, it, it was, yeah, it's kind of a crazy story, you know, and, no. and I'm trying to tell kind of quick for you, but it, it's, there's a lot to it. And then what happened in 2009 was, um, I started, delivering the mail, but I also kept my three delivery jobs. And because it was like part-time, sometimes it was 20 hours a week, the mail, sometimes it was 50. It all depends. So when I was working at the post office, a guy said to me, Hey, uh, you seem reliable. Would you like to count money in the civic arena where the Pittsburgh Penguins play, be in the count room and count all the money at night? And I said, yeah, sure. I don't do anything at night. So then I had five jobs. I had those five jobs for the next three, three years. I wow. had a, I, I worked 80, 90 hours a week, five jobs a week, uh, five, you know, just crazy. And then what happened was the Papa John's that I was at delivering pizza said, hey, we know that um, you are, we have a reputation as a sales builder and a quick fixer, and we want you to run our store. And they actually were going to fire my my friend that I was, I mean, he was still with Papa John's from when we went to these meetings back in 2001. And I said, there's no way I'm going to take his job. You know, I, I don't, right. just not going to do it. He's my friend. And Fast forward like nine months after they replaced him, they came to me and said, we're going to replace the guy who replaced him. And I said, well, he's not my friend. So so I said, sure, I'll take the general manager's job. But look, I'll quit my other four jobs, I guess, at the time, but I'll keep the post office job. And you can never tell me how many hours I can work because I can't work 80, 90 hours a week. I am working 40 at the post office. I'll put in 40 here. you know. But nobody can ever say you're not working enough. And they were like, that's fine. So I took over the store. It it uh, was there 22 years. Never did a million dollars in sales. My first year, we did a million dollars in sales. Wow! It was doing twenty seven thousand dollars in profit. I took it to one hundred forty seven thousand dollars in profit. Where was that and, at? Uh, the the Papa John's that runs uh, Carnegie Mellon and uh, University of Pitt. So right, Got like it. in in like the Oakland section of, of sure. Pittsburgh. Okay. So that's like 2011, 2012, right around there. And I go to them and I say, hey, look, if you can pay me, you know, somewhere in between what I'm making at the two jobs, I'll never leave Papa John's. I'll quit the post office. I'll be here forever. And they were like, Nick, um, you know, they were guys that own like four Papa John's, seven Arby's, eight Taco Bell's, and a ton of other stuff. Like they were businessmen, numbers guys. That was it. Right. And they said, look, if you leave, we're going to sell it. Um, you know, we, we can't pay you above the industry, industry standard. So that's when I was like, I've got to go do my own thing. 
I don't know why it's pizza, but that's what I'm good at. And the one thing I did know was I loved pizza. And I figured, you know what? If I'm going to do this forever, I have to do it for myself. <laughs> so I started walking into pizza shops in Pittsburgh. And I said, sell me your pizza shop. And they would say, get the hell out of here. The fifth guy I walked into said, there's a shop over in Bloomfield. And, um, you know, it's, it's for sale. And I said, okay. So I, I walked in and it was a full bar. And uh, I said, oh, man, what the heck? You know, it's a bar. And I walked in the back, and all I wanted was a pickup and delivery pizza shop. And I walked in the back, full pizza kitchen, everything we needed. And then um, we sat down, and, you know, I really didn't have any money. That was the whole thing. Like, I was, I got really, probably about 2010, 2011, I got really big into the law of attraction. And um, I read like crazy. I'm a very avid reader. And I'm one of those readers that I read a book, and if there's something mentioned in the book, like another book, I go ahead and I start reading the other book. Like, you know, I'll finish it, but I'm on, I'm ordering on Amazon, like the next book. Right. And um, I kept reading, read, hearing about thinking grow rich. And I said, what the heck is this book? So when I read that, everything changed. And that's how I just, um, I started to have a whole different mentality and outlook on everything. And so here I am finding a place to, to buy with literally uh, three donuts on a car and windows don't even roll down. Um, so they, they said to me, um, well, I'll tell you what, they said, you look like, uh, you got the right reputation. And I told them about everything I've done and how many hours I worked. They said, uh, why don't you save up what you can from working, owning the place for nine months at the end of the nine months, give it to us. And then, um, we'll finance the rest over five years on a handshake. Wow. We didn't have anything signed for those nine months. It was all handshake. And, um, I went in and I just worked like crazy. My, my wife, uh, you know, our kids were a little older. They were like 12 and 10 at the time. So my wife uh, went ahead and she worked the front. I worked the back. Um, the store did like 6000 bucks a week. And, you know, we're going to be a $10 million company this year. So eight years later. Wow. And how many um, locations do you have now? Is it we have one five or? and we're going on six. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yep. So our lenders uh, and people, financiers coming to you more now and being like, hey, let's do this. Oh, absolutely. It's, um, it's night and day, you know, in the beginning, you know, I couldn't get anybody to, it was hard to even get bank accounts, you know, but now it's like lines of credit or, um, there's a lot of deals where we try to, what I've tried to do is exactly what I did with the first one, go in there and try and go to a place that somebody's having issues. They want to get out. I'm looking for their weakness that, you know, whether they bought it for, um, their nephew and he doesn't want to run it anymore or hate to say it, but you know, there was a guy who had, a three heart failures and he just wanted to sell his place. So you're, you're getting mm -hmm. it a, a better deal. And we just go in and flip them and uh, we're flipping them in like seven days or pardon me, two weeks. Sure. And then um, when, once we get in there, we just turn it into our brand and we just go. And I've had real estate investors come at me and they, like, they'll show me, Hey, here's some prime spots. Cause a lot of our spots are like off the beaten path a little bit, but um, you know, through advertising and marketing, I'm able to draw people and become a destination so it doesn't make sense for me to, you know, if we're paying 44000 or 4500 for rent, it doesn't make sense for me to go to a place that they'll say, this is prime. It's um, 12000 a month, but we'll go ahead and give you a 300000 for a build out. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you have a 10-year lease. And I'm more comfortable taking over somebody, give them somebody maybe 150000 bucks for all their equipment pay that off over the next five years and then have rent for four or 4500 Like, And I've, four out of the well, five out of the six deals now I've done with um, some money down and then the owner has financed the rest. Oh, that's, like, 
That's yeah. really leveling up. So tell me where the Caliente name came from then. Okay, so the first store that I bought, um, it was a, a Turkish guy and an Indian guy owned the, the restaurants, who I am you know, dear friends with till today. They owned a bunch of um, Cricket Wireless stores, and they just decided that they wanted to focus on their cr- Cricket Wireless stores. And it was a pretty awesome story on their part because they had, I think, nine stores between the two of them eight years ago, and they're up over like 80 stores now. So they made the right move to get out of what wasn't, their niche and then get into their niche and really go hard. But um, the, the Turkish guy, you know, I kept saying to him like, Hey, uh, why is it called Caliente? Cause it was Caliente pizza and bar. It was open nine months and he kept uh, laughing. And then, uh, you know, a few weeks later I said, no, really, why is it Caliente? And he said, in uh, Turkey, the number one strip club is called Caliente. No way. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> that, yeah. That's a crazy origin. That, that, right. That's, that's fantastic. So, like, I know you said your wife's really supportive, but you went through a lot of seasons, we like to call it here in Time to Shine, where your, your kind of life went up and down. And, and so your wife is very supportive. You were working the five jobs. You were paying your bills, probably exceeding a little bit. But what was your family's take on the choice to go out? I mean, the initial. I know that she worked the front and everything. Was she just like, all right, Nick, yeah, let's go do it? Or was she like, whoa? Like, like how, how did that go down? I'm like to so, be a fly on the wall in that conversation. Sure. So her dad um, always had his own car dealership and he had a convenience store. So she grew up with the entrepreneur's mindset. Okay. I grew up in, um, my mom was a stay at home or is a, was a stay at home mom and my dad was a salesman. So I grew up in um, more of a, you know, my dad went and, went and worked nine to five and, you know, a few times a week he'd have to stay over or something or work a little later. But that was in the weekends. We always had the weekends to do whatever. And my wife had this, um, like I said, they, they were always at the business working. So she always had that entrepreneur mindset. And she was really the one that was like, that she's would always push me. And she still does to this day, you know? And I think um, she definitely, even the, it was hard to say because I'm working five jobs and 80, 90 hours a week. And I can't even begin to tell you all the things that I, I missed. Um, I bet. You know, just crazy stuff, you know, communions, uh, birthday parties, um, you know, people would say to her all the time, like, uh, do you even have a husband? And, you know, she, she knew that there was a bigger picture. And I think she, she has always believed in me. And that was what, what it takes it. You know, you really need that person beside you um, that, that believes in you. And that was it. And sure, there were times that were really tough that, she, you know, she would tell me that she needed me for this or that. And it was tough because you, the communication and not seeing each other. But that's where the delivering pizzas was nice because I could hop on the phone and, and talk to her for you know, while, while you're delivering pizzas and stuff too. So it was like, it worked, it worked for us, but it was like, I think everybody else, like everybody always pushed me to get that real job. And that's, that's the thing. Like, I don't think anyone understood that, that, um, you know, it was a real job and it is a real job. And like now it's, you know, I think a lot of people were kind of amazed of what I, what I've done with, or what we've done with, with what we, what we've earned, I guess. It's really, absolutely. um, Your journey is amazing. Yeah, it's it's you know? been it's been a great journey, and I think a lot of people have been really surprised by it. Um, you know, but once the once the family was supportive, though they once they were there and they saw what we were doing, I think um, they were just really supportive. I think sure they were worried that I was going to fail, but in my mind, I was like, I've worked so hard for this moment. Sure, and I, I don't care if I got to live here for the next five years. Like it's going gotcha. to work. That so was my me, mindset. That that's amazing. Tell tell me about the pizza equation. Your book. Sure. So, 
Yeah. So I've always wanted to write a book. Like I said, I love to read. I really do. Like I love the the podcast. I, if I'm in my car, I'm always got a podcast or maybe a book on even, but I'm always listening to something, but I just really enjoy reading. So I've always wanted to tell my story and I decided um, probably about two years ago now that I wanted to, to write a book. So I thought it was going to be what I've learned along this journey is a lot of times what you think and what happens is completely night and day. So I thought I could hire somebody and kind of just give them all my thoughts and they can kind of ghost, ghost write it. That was kind of my thought. So I right. had um, a meeting with a lady going to write an operation manual for Caliente. And the way she pitched me to write the operation manual was she showed me her book that she wrote. And I was like, you wrote a book. She's like, yeah. I was like, I want to write a book. I was like, I was like, can you help me write my book? And she was like all taken back, really wanted me to do the operations manual, but I pushed more on the book. And she basically said, yeah, I'll, I'll help you. So she would come in, record me. And then after she recorded me, she'd type up uh, some pages of the book. And I just didn't like it at all. I didn't. It wasn't I just, you. It wasn't me. It was, sure. um, I just couldn't do it. And I said, all right, if I'm serious about this, I'm going to write the book. So you know, I'm real big on how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time. Yeah. So every Thursday when everybody went to bed, I sat down and I wrote till I was tired. Mm-hmm. And um, a year later, I had a book. The same lady that helped me start uh, gave me her publisher or her um, editor rather. And um, she, I sent everything to her and she said, yeah, you have a book. Let me help you put it in order. And then we edited for probably another five to six months. And then last uh, February, March, March, right around there, we put out the, uh, the pizza equation. And, um, for anybody out there that's ever thought to write a book, it is, it is a great experience. It's a great journey. I'm in the middle of mine now. So it's, (laughs) yeah, it's it's great. It's it's awesome. It's fantastic. Yeah. What's really cool about it is you never know where it's going to take you and what opportunities you're going to get from it. Um, I did a book signing where I did a thousand books. I did, um, uh, I endless amount of speaking from the book that I wrote uh, nice. lots of, you know, from the book, I just, I was on so many podcasts. I was, <laughs> I mean, it was like, you know, I was promoting the book nonstop. Right. And I was on these podcasts. And I said, you know what? I really enjoy the podcast. And I said, I think I'm gonna start my own. So I called it the business equation. So now I'm, you know, almost 30 episodes into the business nice. equation podcast. And, um, it's just been a great journey. The, the book was, was fantastic to write. It's available on Amazon. I, I do a lot of speaking at different pizza expos and restaurant expos. And um, it's nice to, instead of handing a business card out, I can hand my book out. And I think it uh, goes That's a fantastic. Long way. Yeah, it definitely gives you some street cred when it, comes to, when it comes to that. Nick, what would you, if you had to write a letter or go back in time and talk to your 21-year-old Nick, what, what would you tell him? You know, that's a good question. I think... I think the thing is, is I always look back at everything I've done. And I wonder, you know, what would I really change? And I think a lot of the struggle I went through gave me the mentality that whatever it takes, you know, I, I wouldn't fail because what it was is when I, when we started Caliente, there was a point where I was like, how would I be successful? And I thought the way that I'd be successful is if I could uh, buy a car from this century, uh, move into a bigger house and, be able to figure out how the heck I'm going to pay for my kids' college. And then what happened was after that first year Caliente, I built it up so much that I realized I'm going to be able to, to do those things um, no problem. So I was like, okay, well, how do I be successful now? What does that really mean to me? And what it became to mean to me was however, however 
so I wanted to say like how, what it came to mean to me was when my employees and the people who work for me can do those things, when they can do those things for their families that I want to do, whatever their dreams and desires are, they can do that from the career that I'm providing them. That's how I'll know when I'm successful. So to flip it back and say, what would I tell my 21 year old self? I think I would just, it would be real simple. Just stay in the fight, you know, and just keep going at it. You know, that's, I mean, I don't know really, there's very, very little regret. You know, it was so many ups and downs and a lot of, um, a lot of growing up. And I think that was a, a lot of it was everybody matures at a different age. And I really think, um, the twenties are just such a hard age. And, um, you know, for the, for the kids that, I call them kids, but for the guys, guys and girls in their twenties, that get it mm-hmm. and that they're, uh, into, you know, growing themselves, I more power to them. Like they, they've got, you know, head and shoulders above the rest of us. But, you know, I really didn't figure self growth out till you know, probably almost like 30, like 28, yeah. 29. And, um, that's been the difference. Our generation, Nick, was like that, though, you know, where, you know, our we were seen and not heard, and we, you know, there was no timeout. It was knockout with our parents, you know what I'm saying? So we never had that, you know, where freedom do these kids have today. They don't know how good they really have it. And and I love, like you just said, the ones that are out there grinding and moving forward, that, that's fantastic. Let me, let me ask you something. What is Nick's definition of a life well-lived? I think a, a life well lived, you know, starts with it's it's almost like the same thing as is asking what's what's success. You know, it's it's sure those things are business wise, but I think uh living a, a happy life, like it's all levels, you know. I that's what's really hard is the balance of life. Like, you know, if you're exceeding at your business, can you also exceed at home? What about your health? What about your hobbies? You know, what I really try to do is is try to really look at those things more on a quarterly um, quarterly evaluation than anything else and kind of say, okay, what do I need to, to do here? And I think, um, that's it. It's trying, it's, it's the balance that you're never going to have complete balance because when you're working in one way, it just tilts, tilts that way. But it's remembering to go back to the spot that, that you're, you're not at because, you know, even if, if you're working so hard one place in your life, you've got to remember to go back to that place that you kind of left to go work hard at the other one. Right. Like almost going back to the roots in a sense to regroup, if you will. It's like what we like to say here, a time to shine. Take your like little sabbatical and and, and just you re- reflect. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's All right, very we're going to move into our level up lightning round. Now, you and I could talk 20, 15, 20 minutes on each one of these, but I am le- you got to be five to seven seconds because we're running All up right. against time constraints. Okay. So, what is the best level up advice you've ever received? I think to work for yourself. My dad said, work for yourself. Whatever you do, do it for yourself. What's one of the personal habits that you have that contributes to your success? Gratitude. Love it. What movie taught you the most about life? The secret. Love it. All right. What is your favorite charity or organization that you support? Uh, Dream Big Honduras, Orange Arrow, and St. Jude. Beautiful. And last question, what is the best decade of music? 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s? 
seventies. <laughs> Man, we can hang out anytime. <laughs> awesome. So before we leave here, Nick, leave our time to shine squad with one knowledge nugget that you want them to take with them. I think it'd be real simple. Just um, like I kind of mentioned before, if there's all these big projects and, and goals that you want to do. And remember, um, how do you eat that elephant? It's one bite at a time. And the other part of that would be is if you find yourself unfocused, that means that you don't have a goal big enough and worthy enough to go out and get. So find a big goal and that'll get you unstuck. Find a big goal. That is awesome. So we're, that is awesome. I'm writing that down. Where can we find you, Nick? Sure. You can find me at uh, nickbogaz.com. You can find me Instagram, nickbogazofficial. And you can find me um, pizzadrafthouse.com. Awesome. And do you have any uh, speaking engagements or anything that you want to share with us? Sure. I appreciate that. I'm going to be at the uh, International Pizza Expo in Las Vegas um, right around April Fool's Day. And I've got um, uh, three seminars and a uh, workshop that I'll be doing out there. Awesome. And I'll get all those dates and whatnot, and I'll put them in the show notes for everybody. And so, Squad, you just heard from a guy that basically started out very humble, very small, worked his way up, fought some demons uh, with the help of his reading, avid reading, to bring him out of the doldrums and his awesome wife and family supporting him. He, he has a $10 million business right now. And, you know, we want to thank you for being raw and honest and we love your outside the box thinking and to get unstuck, your goal's not big enough. That's, that's awesome, Nick. And we can tell that you're humble. We can tell that you're hungry, that you're always loving up your health and leveling up your wealth. And now you're part of the time to shine squad, man. So I really, really appreciate you coming on. Awesome. Thanks for having me so much. You bet, Nick. Have a great day. Yep. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of time to shine today podcast. Probably brought to you by Sutter and Nugent Real Estate, Real Estate Excellence, who can be reached at 561-249-7266 and online at www.sutterandnugent.com. If you are a business owner or professional who would like to be interviewed on Time to Shine Today, please visit timetoshinetoday.com slash guest. If you like this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a link in the show notes to our website. Also there, you will see our recommended resources. We hope that you will support our show by supporting them. If you like what you've been listening to, it'd be great if you could just give us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe while you're at it. I'm your host, Scott Ferguson, and until next time, let's level up. It's our time to shine.